Make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Hello, welcome to the Hoffman Connection. This is Raz and Grassi with the Hoffman Institute. We're coming to you live from beautiful Northern California, and I'm a Hoffman Institute teacher and an executive with the Hoffman Institute. And if you've never heard of the Hoffman Institute, this year we're celebrating 45 years as a leading personal development program in helping we help people who are serious about change. When you reach that point in your life where you think it's you need some serious change, think of Hoffman. We have 16 sites across 11 countries around the world. We've helped about 85,000 people worldwide. And the Hoffman Process, our signature program, is an amazing eight-day retreat of personal development and discovery. Now, the purpose of the show, the Hoffman Connection, is to bring inspiration, education, and tools to help you connect to a life you love, your love, your life. And... Um, the Hoffman process, I want to mention, is offered about once every two weeks in the United States, and we're the kind of nonprofit organization that supports you for the rest of your life. So you might want to join our free weekly introductory call right after the show. Just go to hoffmaninstitute.org for all those details. And joining us today for our show, which is entitled Navigating a Family Business, is David Bork. And if you've ever owned or worked in a family business, you'll want to listen to, to David today because he's a pioneer in the field of family business consulting. And he knows that navigating these waters is sometimes no easy task. And he helps to identify behaviors and habits within the family that are unhealthy and destructive and teaches that family business group how to replace those with constructive and cooperative relationships for a more healthy and productive business. So uh, since 1970, David has assisted over 400 families, that's 400 families, on six continents with his proprietary model created specifically for counseling family members who are in business together. David, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. I forgot to mention that David is on the advisory council of the Hoffman Institute. And, David, how long ago did you do the Hoffman process? I did the process in 1994, and it changed my life. Wonderful. Well, to the point of this interview, David, one of your principles is that a person can craft an elegant business solution, but the keys to implementation are always locked up in the family psychology. And I'd like to ask you to tell us more about that. Well, uh, you're exactly right on that. Uh, you can craft this elegant business solution, but if you don't pay attention to the, health, the psychology of the family, you don't implement because the keys are always there. So uh, you must have a dual focus. Uh, I can create these elegant solutions, but I've got to pay attention to the dynamics of the family and, and the messages that in, each individual carries with them into the family business. Uh, one of the things we, that every business needs is clear, constructive communication. And we all know that in families, it's not always clear, and it's often not constructive. And then well, what sure. happens then is that families get tangled up in those matters. So the, 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 um, the patterns in a family, let's say the unhealthy or dysfunctional patterns in a family, uh, we all we all know what that's like. We all see it at the holidays. But uh, when you've got a family-owned business, then those patterns shoot right into the business. Is that kind of the idea? Absolutely. You take it all with you. You know, and for instance, the issue of clear boundaries are essential for family business. But many families have not addressed the issue of boundaries, and this leads to be, to poorly differentiated family members and uh, enmeshment. And so we often hear about dysfunctional families and. They get dismissed once this epithet has been assigned, and it would be more constructive if we speak about families with uh, poorly defined boundaries and then work to clarify those boundaries. This means who does what, who has the authority to do certain things, those kinds of matters. 
Hey, David, I want to ask you about your telephone there for a minute. Are you on a speakerphone or something? I'm actually, uh, when I started uh, this, uh, I was in a hotel, and the hotel system wouldn't let me dial into the 866 number. So oh. I'm on my cell phone, oh, that's but I have, it, I have it plugged in and plugged into the wall, so I'm not going to run out of juice. Okay, I got it. That's fine. The landline but, is always a little bit more... Um, uh, you know, has better fidelity, but that's okay now. I, I understand completely, but it was a last minute. Uh, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> I I know. Okay, good good solution. Um, yeah. So even the most successful or outwardly successful families can suffer from dysfunctions in one form or another, and 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 so that goes into the business model. And when you go into working with them on the business model, do you? Do you figure out the family? How do you, where do you start with the business model and work back into the family or with the family and go into the business model? Well, I start by getting very well acquainted with every single family member. I, I spend uh, three hours interviewing them and talking about their concerns, uh, their views on life and the family itself. And, uh, what, what I, what I'm looking for is the, the confusion about the task of family and the task of business. Now, the task of family is to raise responsible adults who have high self-esteem and can function independently in this world. And uh, the task of business is to generate a profit. Now, uh, it's also important to note that acceptance in the family must be unconditional. If you're in the family, you're in, and we love you for who you are and what you are. But acceptance in the business is conditional, and it requires competence, the ability to sustain high-level performance over time. And so what I'm looking for is confusion over that fundamental principle. And so um, so how, how do you help families determine business competencies? Well, that's a complicated question, Rad, because uh, it's I mean, about, excuse, uh, excuse me, David, but it seems to me that you're going to find people in families who get Maybe in over their skill set or over their con- they're in over their head because they've been given a a uh, a title or a job that they haven't really earned, and uh, that's just exactly. the thought I have. Is that part of what we're dealing with? Well, it's definitely what we're dealing. And now, first of all, we're saying that the fundamental competence of proving competence is the reason I stress so heavily that families have an employment policy, and that employment policy it's it best uh, if I can catch it before they have employed the individual. And so um, this is a, it's a complicated idea. The idea is that you, if you work outside the business for five years before coming to the business and they have the criteria that you must have had two promotions in those five years um, and demonstrated performance. Uh, because if a family member is not a good employee for someone else, then it's unlikely they'll be a good employee in the business. Now, this ties into the whole issue of, of motivation. Herzberg did the classic research on motivation, and number one thing is recognition. And number, number two is that the opportunity for input is necessary, and then it needs to be intrinsically interested. So if you've got a person who's less than competent, they're going to be placed in a job and they won't get recognition because they're not competent. And then they're going to be less and less invited to give their input, and pretty soon they're shunted over to the side. And so what has happened is you have an unhappy employee who happens to be a family member, and now you've got a real problem. And so in unpacking this, the root cause of the problem is you violated the fundamental principle about the task of business and competence being the criteria. Right, because if you've got a, an incompetent employee, you can always let them go. But if you've got an incompetent family member, they're still in the family. That's exactly right. Now, of course, many times I'll come into a situation where it's too late to, to keep people out. They're already in there. So what I will do is design programs that will help that individual learn and grow to develop a competence. But uh, that only makes it more complicated if the family has already violated that principle. I see. Or, and uh, what, so what I'm really, really saying here, Raz, is that it's better to set a high bar for entrance 
rather than have a low bar for entrance and let family in, only to find they can't cut the mustard. Right. Well, what about, so what advice do you have for people who are thinking of starting a family business? I bet it seems uh, like a great idea at the time for you and your brother or someone to get together or to borrow money from your family and do this and that. And then uh, what what hazards are in the road that lies ahead? Or well, how, what, what should all, they do before they do that? They need to have a clear mission statement of what it is that they're setting out to do. There needs to be proper agreements about ownership and who makes what kinds of decisions. There needs to, you know, we often talk about entry into the family business, but I, I maintain that the door swings both ways, and so there needs to be entry and exit, and there needs to be a definition or a clarification of how that process would take place uh, should that ever need to occur. So it's it, it really... Um, I recommend that people are going to start a business, they would sit down and have that kind of conversation in advance because uh, we have plenty of history to support that it doesn't always work out the way you envision it. Right. Even families don't work out the way we envision them. People get married and uh, pretty high divorce rate. But tell me, uh, then there are these other situations, David, where you have um, a family-owned business that may have been going on for a couple generations. Or, or the the second generation is now in and running the business, um, and it, it, what what kind of issues arise with with that? I mean, there must be issues about succession. Uh, uh, you know, by the second generation, there must be different kinds of issues than there are even at the first generation. Well, let me let me. I'm I'm at liberty to talk about a a particular case. This was a, a clothing store that was founded by uh, a father maybe uh, 50 years ago, and he had two sons, and uh, the sons came into the business. And um, the uh, older son married younger at a young age and had four sons. The younger son in the second generation had married late in his 20s, and he had three sons. And... First of all, when I when I uh, came to that case, there were issues between the two brothers, interpersonal issues that had to be resolved. And so I took them to an island off the coast of Florida and said, we're not leaving this island until we get this worked out. And uh, they, will, they have often said that if we hadn't done that, we would never be where we are today. So one of the issues is that the father of the three wanted to be sure that his of sons had the same opportunity as the, as the uh, four cousins. Right. The problem was that the four cousins, in aggregate, are 10 years older than the three. So that right. means they're always going to be ahead of them. So what we had to do is be very clear about defining the responsibilities who had what kinds of, of um, obligations in the business and uh, all it goes with that. Now, one of the values that this family has is hard work. And uh, what, what made it possible is a very high level of communication among the, the family members. And, of course, I've worked on that to, to prove that. And then everyone is willing to do the work. There's not one shirker in the, in the crowd. So that makes it quite possible for them to operate. Now, what has happened over the years is they now have four locations, one in Westport, Connecticut, one in Greenwich, Connecticut, one on Long Island, and I just recently bought the Wilkes Bashford in San Francisco. So they're very, they're one of the most successful, if not the most successful, men's and women's specialty stores in America. Fantastic. Maybe even the, maybe even the world. Well, David, we need to go to break for a couple of minutes. We're going to take a short break, come back with David Bork, and uh, please stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? 
For 45 years, the Hoffman process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. Today we're talking with David Bork, who was a pioneer in the field of family business consulting since 1970, he has assisted over 400 families on six continents with his proprietary model created specifically for counseling family business family members who are in business together. And, David, I want to ask you, uh, I know you, since 1994, since you did Hoffman, you have actually referred a lot of people that you do business consulting uh, with their family own business uh, to the Hoffman process. How do you use the Hoffman process as an adjunct to your work? One of the things that happens is in our families of origin, we often develop the negative patterns for getting love. Now, the process has a focus, that is, the Hoffman process has a focus on the negative love patterns, and it seeks to increase awareness of these patterns and learn how to rid ourselves of them. And this is the core matter that prompts me to send family members to the process. Um, I'm not a I'm not a uh, board certified psychologist, and uh, so what happens is that um, the, the issues are often deeply embedded in the family psychology and in the individual psychology. And the process is so beautifully crafted that it gets people to look at these patterns in a safe environment and make decisions about how to how to abandon them and be more constructive in their interaction with other people. Abandoning their patterns instead of abandoning themselves or their family. Absolutely, exactly right. And um, so, one of the one of the big issues I, mu- I think you must run into in a family-owned business. I'm just speculating, but you know, anger at one another. Uh, we, we people often get fixed ideas of what other people in their family are like, and uh, they put them into a pigeonhole and and uh, no matter how much that person may want to get out of there and not feel comfortable with that pigeonhole they keep getting shoved back into it and uh anger results and resentments and do you see that the Hoffman process helps to heal that or how does it work to resolve well, some of that stuff uh, one of the one of the things that i personally experienced in the Hoffman process is to work on the dark side every person has a dark side and and there are times when our dark side is in control. And we never really uh, get rid of our dark side, but we, by working on it and understanding it, we know how not to have it take control. So if I'm in a situation where I have this deep resentment, I might uh, uh, express great anger toward, say, a family member. And uh, the process teaches us how not to do that but to be more constructive in our interaction with others. Um, I had this experience as a child uh, of, uh, as I this was a dream, and in the dream, why this creature would be constantly um, 
coming after me, and as in the dream, I would sprout wings and fly up to a rooftop, and this creature would go boing and come up after me, and I would get away, and <laughs> so uh, that was my dark side coming after me, because when I did the dark side work at Hoffman, I, I had to draw a picture of my dark side, and I looked at it, and I was just amazed. It was the creature from my childhood dream. Wow! So that creature had been uh, sitting there in the back, uh, in the background, kind of running things for a long time. Absolutely, it was. It was telling me uh, that I should be angry at my mother or angry at my father for um, uh, feeling sorry for myself for me. I didn't get this to happen or that to happen, and that was the dark side telling me that uh, I had um, I had uh, a right to something different. But in fact. I could do something constructively and achieve my objective. And we often take those those unconscious disappointments and angers and resentments and project them onto the people around us uh, as if they are our fathers or I mean or our mothers. And any time a, a an authority issue arises, uh, we project the negative mother or the negative father onto that person we're working with, and that's not a very constructive way to live. Brad, that's exactly where I was going to go on this whole idea, and that is that one of the fundamental pieces of work uh, as in growing up is we need to resolve our authority figure issues, and generally it's done with your same-sex role model parents. And uh, so suppose you have a young man, and I'm, th- I'm thinking of someone I talked with today, uh, if you have a young man who has not resolved his authority figure issues, then when he is in a job situation and told, that he must do something, he will transfer his feelings toward his father, the authority figure issue, to the boss. Now he's really in trouble because he's reacting to the boss based on his relationships in the family that didn't get properly resolved. Well, and, and in doing that, he is making himself as young and small, at least emotionally, as he was when that pattern came in. So if he Absolutely. if he started having a problem with his father when he was seven or eight years old, he is now turning himself into a little kid uh, and uh, turning the the boss into his dad. And it, it seems like he's the employee may feel like he's right or in the right, but he's actually reduced himself or d- disconnected himself from his own personal power. That's right, and he's actually functioning as if he were that small child. That's that's pretty incredible. Well, David, yeah. tell us a little bit about what is the is there something special about family-owned businesses? What's the special opportunity of having a family-owned business as compared to a, a non-family-owned business? Is there some well, magic possibility there? Absolutely. I have a family I've worked with for a number of years, and their objective is to be one of the top five values driven businesses in the world. Now, that's certainly not a modest goal. And uh, this family has clearly articulated their values, and they have then translated that into a values statement for how the company will operate, operate based on honesty, integrity, and and respect for other individuals. And uh, they even have a chief leadership officer and his job is to see that people within the company operate within the values. So they have a very ambitious program internally. They have about 2,000 employees, a very ambitious program internally to reinforce those values. And what, what uh, has happened is that the employees ended up, end up taking the, the, the values and the methodology for, for discussing them into their communities, into their families, in their churches, uh, it is just amazing the kind of impact that uh, this family has had. And uh, there's just enormous respect uh, on the part of the employees for the owners of that family. They've created a, a, a very unique culture. And quite frankly, I, I think that values-driven businesses are the future for family business. Wow. That sounds like a, a quite an exciting idea because that uh, – they're, they're taking responsibility for rippling out. I mean, people spend a lot of their day, maybe with travel and everything, 10 hours a day away from home at their at their work at least, and 
uh, if that can be a place that's instilling great values, then they're going to come home instead of being exhausted and uh, needing to recuperate and disconnect from all the stress and strain of work. They'll actually be bringing something positive to their home life. Well, and just think about just think about a family that has the kind of uh, uh, relationship, the positive relationships that we're alluding to. Uh, being in business, they they get to spend time with one another. They get the, the delight of those interactions. A parent gets the chance to see uh, a son or daughter grow and and develop in terms of their ability to take on responsibility um, and uh, really have an impact in their community. It's it's a delicious opportunity, and when it works, it is really wonderful. That's great, David. Listen, we're going to go to break, take another short break. We're talking today with David Bork, a pioneer in the field of family-owned business consulting, and uh, we'll be back in two minutes. Voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. Today we're talking with David Bork. And David is a pioneer in the field of family business consulting starting in 1970, and actually he pioneered the field. And, David, what was it that you – what was your insight back in 1970 that allowed you to start focusing on families, family-owned businesses, as compared to consulting to other kinds of businesses? Well, let me begin by saying I'd like to tell you that I'm so clever that I figured out and made a specific plan, but that wouldn't be the truth. Uh, my training is in organization and business behavior, and I had worked with a family, and I came away saying, I don't understand these close relationships and how they impact on the business itself. So I began looking around for some organized body of knowledge that would explain what I was seeing uh, in family business, and, of course, there wasn't an organized body of knowledge. So I started asking all sorts of people. I talked to psychiatrists, psychologists people that were social scientists involved in looking at, at uh, how people interact. And I discovered uh, the concepts of uh, Dr. Murray Bowen. He is a psychiatrist that developed family systems theory. And he says that a family is a system. That system contains messages. We can learn other behaviors. But under stress, we revert to the pattern in our family unless we learn how to uh, understand, uh, unless we learn how to not do the reverting. 
So that made perfect sense to me, and uh, so I began integrating that. And it took me about six years before I could really develop uh, and explain a clear construct about family business. And so seeing this overlap between the family system and the business system was seminal to that to that process. Then as I proceeded, I uh, there was the work of uh, Daniel Levinson and others about predictable adult development. And this led me to look at the individual development in, in uh, the, the individual in their context of their development. There are developmental tasks in the 20s. For instance, uh, a young person needs to have a dream of what this world is about, has to imagine a career, and typically uh, uh, North American uh, individuals have between three and seven distinct career exploration in their 20s. Um, it doesn't make any difference with how they do it. They may have false starts, knee jerks, uh, try this or that, or they might have a very nice smooth progression in a single occupation. The, neither uh, path is better, but is essential is at the end of their 20s, they have fire in their belly, passion for what they do, and they do it well. The third task is to find a mentor. A mentor is usually 15 or more years older than uh, ourselves and uh, helps you find your way in the, in the occupation. And the fourth task is to find someone special to love and be loved by. So if these four tasks are completed in the 20s, they provide the foundation for the uh, uh, stages that follow. If they don't get completed, they're undeveloped, uh, uh, incomplete. Um, You have incomplete development and that uh, those tasks need to be completed. So what I found is by wrapping this all together, I could then teach uh, in a very constructive way, how to look at yourself in your own context, where you are, and the forces that are at work. And that's when we started to look at the family dynamic and how they then uh, impact. So, David, you have worked with, as you say, over 400 families and six continents. So are families different? And I mean, someone who speaks, uh, who's in Turkey, is their family different than someone who's in India or someone who's in Canada, or the, you know, how, what have you learned about the cultural differences? Well, um, I'll, I'll address the India and Turkey part. I've worked in both of those countries, and one of the things that I developed is the concept of a cultural coach. Any person that says they understand every culture is probably uh, smoking something funny, and uh, because there's no way you can understand every culture. So what I have developed is a model where I asked the family to appoint a cultural coach for me, the consultant. And this would be someone that they trust in the system. It might be a, a long-term trusted advisor. And so what I would do is then I would use my normal process of collecting data and finding a plan. But before I do anything, I vet that plan with the cultural coach because I don't want to violate any of the principles in the family. For instance, um, uh, I had a case in, in India, and I read more than 1,500 pages on the undivided Hindu family. And in this case, it, uh, there was a father, mother, and they had two sons and a daughter. The daughter had um, uh, married and left the family, and when she left the family, she was given a very, very generous dowry. It was her piece of family that has enormous wealth. And she stayed she, she stayed married to that husband for about 10 years, but he was abusive and alcoholic, and she divorced him and wanted to come back to the family. So here was a case where the culture really suggests that that doesn't happen. You know, they, they don't let people come back. You went to the other family, and you're gone. And wow. so I had... I had some strategies for how we might reintegrate that daughter into the business, uh, but before I even surfaced any of those ideas, I explored them at length with the cultural coach. And uh, I might say that uh, it, it turned out very well that, in fact, the daughter uh, returned, and as it turned out, she she had, she got an MBA along the way, and she is the most powerful force in the business today. Wow. And 
<clears throat> can you give us another example of uh, in, an, in another culture where uh, where the cultural coach helped you? Uh, the um, uh, give an example in Turkey. I, I've worked with uh, many of the leading companies of Turkey. Uh, actually, I'm going there on on Monday next week, and uh, in that process. Uh, I basically used the same model that I described for the Indian family. And here was a situation where uh, a young man um, uh, had, uh, let's say he had done all the things young men do, and so there were forces in the family that wanted to uh, exclude him from being in the, in the business. And uh, the cultural coach helped me... Uh, helped me invent some procedures that uh, changed the attitude of those family members that were in opposition to them. I might add that that young man is now, uh, I spent four years grooming him, and he is now the chairman of one of the largest companies in Turkey. That's wonderful. One other curious question I have, or curiosity I have, is what is the, I want to say, largest or biggest or oldest uh, family-owned business. In other words, I'm not just talking about in terms of gross revenues. I'm speaking about members of the family that were in the business. Uh, it's, a, it's a complicated way to slice it. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let me just say that one time I had a meeting with, with a father and six sons. They sat around the table, and they uh, cursed, and they swore, and found on the table, and uh, at the end of the session, they asked me to work with them. I said I didn't think I could help them. And they asked me why, and so I gave them the reasons. And one of them said, but this is the best meeting we ever had. And I said, well, I said why do you say that? And he said, well, everybody stayed until the end. <laughs> so the point, the point I would say is that I guess I, I, guess I, I would say it this way. I practice the art of the possible. I might have a magnificent, elegant vision of what should happen in a business, but mm-hmm. it's, a bit, it's really about what is possible to achieve in any given setting. And so I uh, accept the people where they are in their stage of evolution, and then I move them as quickly and ex- as possible to uh, the toward the vision that I have for them. And, of course, it's, it's, I have to first help them uh, share that same vision before I can do anything. So you have a framework for working with people rather than a set of rules, and you, um, and then it's an art form for you to practice uh, making something great out of it. Everything I do is custom designed expressly for the family and it's the dynamics that exist, the needs that are present, and uh, the scope of the business. And uh, it's it's uh, it's been an, it's been a fascinating career. I think I'm one of the most privileged professionals that I know because every day I'm working with really interesting people. The problems are intellectually challenging, and I know I have a profound impact. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Now, when we were at the break, you asked me to bring up to you the importance of proper agreements in a family-owned business. Right. So, would you talk about that for a minute? Well, let's, let, let's be very clear that the faintest ink is better than the best memory. And so one of the things I teach families to do is to write down the fundamental family agreements. What's the deal in this family? And uh, it, it can be very formal or it can be informal, but the issue is to write it down and sign off on it so everyone understands what the conditions and terms are for their participating in uh, participation in the business itself. So there are just so, like a there's a what you're talking about then is a kind of basic agreement of what it means to be in this business, right? Absolutely. And some some families actually develop a family constitution that includes a family mission statement. It talks about the objectives of the business and how they will treat their employees. Uh, all of the all of the dynamics can be addressed in that kind of document. And what that helps to do is it helps to reinforce the the values of the family. And actually, the, the process of developing a family agreement or a constitution is actually more important than the 
document itself, that in terms of the printed one, because it's the discussion of the ideas that really makes the difference. That's how you get full agreement and, and buy-in from everyone is to have that kind of discussion. And that helps everyone know what's, what is special or magical about this family, what glue binds us all together. Absolutely. And, it, you know, about uh, 25 years ago, I came up with a profile. I'm, I'm not a researcher. I'm a practitioner. But I, I studied my, my – I had about 200-plus cases at that time. I studied them, and I, uh, the idea I had is that in every occupation, there's a profile of behavior that reflects a successful person. So I thought if I could come up with a, a profile of the family that stays positively connected and in business, why then I could teach families to be like that profile. So I, uh, and I, I just say that the, the, um, 10 points are available on my website, which is davidboat.com. And, uh, it's grounded in, uh, in shared values, shared power, tradition, willingness to grow would be the top four. And, uh, uh the idea is that, uh, you have to measure where are you uh, against the ideal model, and then what do you need to do to become more like these families that stay positively connected in business? That's wonderful. Uh, I might, I might add that uh, um, Stetson University in Florida researched uh, the issue and has validated this, as well as another study that was done in, in Australia on those ten, uh, ten qualities. That's fantastic. Now, when we come back, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, David, I want to ask you about um, uh, some of the things you've seen, the outcomes you've seen from your clients who've done Hoffman. And in particular, I'll bring up a model that Connie Comstock, one of our teachers, pioneered with you uh, for working with not just individuals, but working with the whole family uh, using some of the Hoffman principles. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We're talking with David Bork. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. I'm with David Bork speaking about family-owned businesses. And, uh, David, I wanted to ask you, uh, to comment on uh, some special work that we innovated with you years back and have gone on to do many times. Obviously, you send uh, many of your clients, let's say a, a, a group of three or five siblings, 
to come and do the Hoffman process so they can each deal with their own issues. But then uh, working with one of our uh, senior teachers here, our senior instructors at Hoffman, Connie Comstock, and her sister Barbara, I believe, worked with this too. You created a model. They created with you a model for working with that group of siblings uh, to uh, heighten the communication and actually take the benefit of, that each of them got from Hoffman and infuse that into the family business. Uh, can you can you tell us what what you noticed from that? Did that was that something you uh, was that, what was new about that for you? Well, the fundamental. First of all, uh, I have a, I'm thinking of a particular case where uh, there were five siblings. Uh, one of them was totally alienated and would not even speak to any of the others, and I. We've never been able to get that person to come back in. But the other four were also alienated in a variety of ways. And each of the four, uh, I did the Hoffman process independently. Then, uh, uh, with, uh, my colleague, Joe Paul, uh, they, uh, worked with Connie and the idea was, first of all, that the, uh, uh as you and I both know, the process the Hoffman process has many very elegant uh, tools that are very useful in dealing with the dynamics that we're discussing. So the idea was to have uh, the business consultant and the Hoffman uh, representative integrate the tools into the uh, business process and the interaction. And so by having the, uh, Connie as part of that, it was possible to take the, uh, I'm going to say, the carryover from the Hoffman process and make it part of their uh, daily interaction. And uh, uh, that requires, from my point of view, that requires the skill of a Hoffman teacher rather than a person who has simply done it as I have. I just didn't feel that I had the, had the, the, the skill and the subtlety to be able to do that. But by working hand-in-hand with the Hoffman staff, we were able to change the culture of the family, and today those four individuals are working very effectively. One of the issues was estrangement from father. He divorced his mother, and uh, uh, when it came time, when the father died, um, the family asked the business consultant, Joe Paul, to come to the funeral and to speak and to meet with them as part of their process. So it, it speaks to how effective it was for Connie to help blend the Hoffman technique with the sound business practice for their uh, effective operations. And I know that uh, that this this model that she pioneered with you has gone on and and either with you or with Joe Paul. Joe Paul uh, is a close uh, associate um, of mine. Associate of yours. Uh, gone on to do this with, with any number of family owned businesses and it's proved very effective. Of course, Hoffman, Hoffman's, uh, you know, so well known for working with family patterns. And I have to say that I was thinking about the question I asked you earlier about cultural differences. I almost could have answered it myself because we, Hoffman works in 11 different countries and Yes, we have made cultural adaptations, but still and all, family is a fundamental organizing principle for all human beings, and whether it's in the business or otherwise. And uh, and uh, getting a grip on that really does elevate people's capacity for positive, productive interaction. Absolutely, and uh, it, it's just uh, it, it 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 the process opens people up to be willing to look at issues in a, in a very different way, uh, as opposed to being polarized or glued into the historic patterns of the family. I have a, a family of uh, four brothers. They range in age from 34 to 46, and they are in a very successful business. And last year they had an enormous amount of uh, profit. And among the four brothers, there are 11 children, and so the children range from 16 to two, or two months rather. And uh, uh, so uh, what I've done is I have a person that's working on how to handle money in those individual family units. Uh, there's some tax ramifications this year where people can gift 
gift uh, shares in an uh, efficacious uh, tax situation, and so they're they're transferring the wealth, or some of the wealth, and uh, there's concern that this wealth will crush the children. So uh, by working, uh, so I guess I didn't mention that that uh, two of the brothers have done the Hoffman process, and the others are going to do it, and so it's a very interesting. Uh, piece where the Hoffman is so integral to the work that I do. I, I, I couldn't do some of this work without it. How long do you stay connected to a, um, to a, to a family business and to that family? Well, um, I have a unique approach, and that is that I wouldn't take a client that I wouldn't have come to my home for dinner a second time. You can have anybody come once. <laughs> Then the next thing is I, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to work with someone that I can't love. If I don't think I could learn to love this person, then I don't want to spend the time because it, it's a very powerful, intimate uh, process. And so if I can't really love and respect them, why well, I, I shouldn't be working with them. So uh, with that said, um, uh, my very first client uh, called me last February, and that's a long time, it was 1970. We're talking 42 years, and um, uh, oh, I, I um, uh, there's a man in Turkey that you know that uh, can, I've um, been friends with him since we worked together, and um, he sent me a, a beautiful and very empathetic letter about his concern for the people on the East Coast that have suffered so much as a result of Hurricane Sandy. So that but once you uh, connect with people. You can't stay really tight with everyone, but there are a lot of keepers as you go along. So it sounds to me like these Pete, you you almost you you want to love you want to love them, you want to be able to invite them back to your home a second time, or feel like you could. It's almost like uh, you've understood that the fundamental value here is love and compatibility, and uh, that's a that's a strong family value. And uh, it's almost like you it feels to me that it's almost like you look at these people as. Uh, extended family members for yourself? No, not quite, because I'm very clear. I really stress the importance of boundaries, and we talked about that earlier in the program. Okay. So I have to be very clear to keep my boundaries, but when, once I'm done with the actual engagement, then I can uh, can shift into a friend role rather than the, the consultant role. Well, it's great that you maintain these friendships. Now, David, we're going to have to end our uh, end our very fascinating interview with you today. And I just want to tell, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Well, it's been my pleasure, and I, I'm glad you glad you invited me. <laughs> um, next week, everybody, we're going to be speaking with Dr. David Hanscom, who is a back surgeon. And most importantly, David Hanscom has, in the last several years, realized that he's not in the back surgery business. He's in the chronic pain business, and he has discovered ways of working with people in chronic pain situation with the emotional aspect of that such that the chronic pain lifts and many of them do not need surgery and previous uh, surgery candidates now are um, pretty much pain-free and so he's going to be a very interesting person for us to talk to next week and i hope you'll tune in and also call in for questions of dr david hanscom until next week thank you everybody Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week. <laughs>